What's up, guys? We are here with the first podcast episode. I'm Coach Madden. This is Coach Gus. Hello, everyone. And uh, we have no clue what we're talking about right now. No, so, so we've had this idea. Obviously, you guys know John. I've been in a couple of the videos more recently. Uh, John and I go way back to our teenager days playing ball together. Good friends for a long time. Um, and I've been helping John out in a few things with, with the channel and the brand, but we just wanted to be able to communicate in a different way, right? So we started talking about doing a podcast, obviously, a little bit about baseball because that's kind of what the common denominator is for a lot of us, but just something that doesn't have a script, right? Something that just lets us talk about baseball life, friendship, arguments, trouble, kids, wives, baseball again uh, and just find a fun way to get with you guys as you you know as you travel as you commute to work as you travel to your next tournament uh, so that's kind of what it is like John said we don't have a script in front of us this is our first attempt at uh, at the podcasting and, and you know as we grow I think you guys are gonna love it because we have a lot of stuff here that uh, both John and I want to want to kind of get across to you guys yeah and again we you know we don't really know what we're doing as far as this podcasting thing is so bear with us if you guys are used to listening to podcasts and and this maybe the quality of the audio is not as good right away bear with us we will be the best baseball podcast out there I guarantee it but uh, there's definitely a learning curve that's gonna happen here and I hope that you guys grow with us um, just as you have been before on some of our other platforms uh, if you guys don't know we're on YouTube uh, you go pro baseball, or excuse me, just you go pro on YouTube. You go pro on Twitter. You go pro baseball on Instagram. What else? You're all over the place. Uh, he's like the the Ryan Seacrest of baseball. Uh, seriously, I mean, much better looking though, and taller. Tall and can well debatable if who's got the better swing. But you know, it's still up for debate. But I don't think he went through the the downswing of weight that you went through. I think Ryan Seacrest has been around 130 pounds his, his entire, entire life. life. You went. I was. I, I. Listen, I used to play Predator football. We, we were the. Uh, not Orlando Predator. Poinciana Predators. And there was a, a weight division. It was 100. <laughs> you had to be 135 pounds. Like you weighed in before you, had, before you played. And this was when we were like 12 years old. I was too heavy to play <laughs> on 135. That's why I stopped playing uh, football and focused more of my energy <laughs> on baseball, was because I was too heavy for football plus I was a little fragile I didn't like getting hit like that so that's why I didn't play did you play football no and I, I didn't play football and I wanted to so bad but I was so afraid of twisting my ankle and listen call me what you want I don't care but I stayed away from football because at that age the rules were kind of new to me and you know you gotta you gotta kind of know a few rules otherwise you probably get killed and baseball was such a natural thing for me that I'm like forget football what if I do break an ankle I was I was somewhat fragile too and if especially if the other guys knew that I didn't know the rules and they wanted to get me out you know all it takes is one hit so call me a sissy that's cool but baseball was my thing and I stuck to it do you remember Danny Smith from Point oh Street? I do Danny so, Smith so Danny Smith was this uh, middle linebacker and he was really good at what he did you know he's a really good football player but I played again after I missed weight at 12 years old then I played that little jamboree season in high school, which is like a you practice for like three weeks and play like a half a game or something. 
um, because everyone was telling me uh, because I was big I was this size in in high school maybe not <laughs> as heavy but I was six foot four you know as a freshman so they uh, they asked me to come play there and uh, so I did that little short season and I went out for a pass right in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the line there and Danny Smith came by and just trucked me took the air out of my <laughs> out of my body and it was horrible so that was my my experience in the last time that I played football as well what about soccer Soccer, for you? soccer was huge for me up until the age of 14. I actually wanted to play both baseball and soccer in high school. The problem was when you get to high school, at least in, in, I started playing soccer at uh, Osceola High School, soccer is about running, right? <laughs> soccer is about running. And you know as baseball players, the only time it becomes about running is when, you be, when you're a pitcher at the higher level. You know when you have to condition and you have to run after your pitches and all that and on your days off but soccer literally all it took was one practice for me where i showed up i was excited i was going to be on the freshman team you know and then the coach says all right guys we're going to start off practice with a with a 30 minute run through the woods just follow the guy follow the captain through the woods and i'm like so i'm like okay i'm going to try this but if i find a way out i'm going to sneak out and go into my own course and go back home 10 minutes into the run, I was running out of breath and I was one of, I was in the middle of the pack, you know? So I basically, I'm not, and I'm not setting a good example here, but I basically, <laughs> remember this is me at 14 years old, right? Uh, I, I kind of went to the side, I pretended to tie my shoes and the rest of the team went and I was like, you know, soccer is just not for me. And I think, now that I think about it, that was probably the coach saying, okay, I'm gonna weed out the people who are not cut for soccer and it worked for me now I, I I don't suggest you find a way to quit you just have to find what's for you what's right for you I still love soccer to the day I still watch it but I do know that it takes a very specific type of athlete to play soccer for for a long time and running stinks no matter what sport you're oh, in man. I used to hate the running we used to do I remember in, in college we used to do these things I forget what they're called uh, one of them was um, uh, what was it? Jog, uh, jog stride sprints from the pole. Uh, so it was like a third of the pole. So if, if uh, you guys don't know what a pole is, that's when you run from one outfield pole to the other outfield pole. Um, so the jog stride sprints were every third. So the first third you would jog, the second third you would stride, which means take long strides, and then the last third you would sprint. And we had to do like 10 of those, and you would be gassed, like, hell. like throw, just want to throw up afterwards. That, coaches, I mean, coaches. Uh, not every coach, but a lot of coaches love to see guys run because I think it's their way of saying, you know, I'm the boss and I control the team. But I remember us having to do something in fall ball for, so fall ball in college obviously is how you prepare for the spring season, which is the one that really counts in terms of baseball. So our coach, Coach Hitt, who I still respect and, and dearly fond of to this day at South Florida uh, College, uh, he would get us up, he was, had us at the field at 6 a.m. every morning in the fall, Monday through Friday. And he would separate the team into three. And one of the drills was, we call them triangles. It was something similar to that. It was basically, you would start at home plate, so you would sprint to the left field pole, then you would sprint uh, along the warning track all the way to the right field pole, and then back to home plate within 60 seconds. And if someone from your group didn't make it in 60 seconds, they would add another triangle for the entire team. So you better, you 
better made sure that you went to sleep early the night before, that you got your rest and your legs were ready to go. But the point of this is that if you show up to, to fall ball or if you, if you show up to the first day of practice as if it's really your first day, then you're probably gonna be one of those guys that's gonna make the team pay, pay for, you know, um, doing something bad so what I started doing is and John you know you can talk about spring training and how it was for you but what I started doing I started getting ready for fall ball weeks before that and it's just it was never just about hitting or catching or throwing I started to understand that you got to show up ready physically because there's a few guys that are gonna be working hard you know what's funny is my my dad was big on sharing articles in like uh, magazines and newspapers on baseball related stuff even like workout related stuff he would find something interesting or what he thought was interesting and then leave it on my my bed so when I got home that night or whatever it was I could read it if I wanted to and see what it was about and I remember one of the one of the things that he left me <clears throat> was a was an article about a pitcher I, I was young at the time I wish I remembered who it was it was a major league pitcher and the reporter was asking him in the in the magazine or whatever, what do you do to get ready for spring training? And I'll never forget his answer. He said, well, I throw my spikes on and I go stand in the backyard for eight hours. Because <laughs> that's all pitchers do in spring training is they go out there and they run a little bit and then they shag. All the rest of the day, they're just shagging and doing PFPs. Play golf, right? Yeah, play golf. More golf than baseball in, in spring training. But uh, with that being said, we did, I remember coming into spring training, we used to have to run these 300-yard uh, uh, shuttles, so it's 50 yards six times, and uh, you had to do it in under a minute, or you would get uh, sanctioned to fat camp. And fat <laughs> camp was where they they determined that you were not conditioned enough, uh, solely on two criteria. One was your body fat uh, composition, and also <laughs> if you ran over one minute in the 300-yard shuttle. So if you yeah, if you found those two things, you were in uh, fat camp for the rest of spring training, which was extra exercise and uh, extra running and stuff like that. Uh, luckily, I never made it to fat camp. Uh, I, uh, I owe some of that uh, to Andre Williams, of course, speed and agility uh, for making sure I wasn't too out of shape by the time I got to spring training. But you're absolutely right, Gus. You got to be ready before you get there. Before, in the back, in the old days, it was you know you go to yep. spring training to get ready. Yeah. But nowadays, it's you better be ready to try to make a team when you get yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good point because the biggest takeaway is you you know unless you're a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper or those guys who are they're still young but they're they're well established within baseball. You're basically trying to make a team every single year, right? Because you could easily be a top contender, a top baseball player this year and then you get dropped you get released the following year I mean it's just how it works but in the lower ranks as you as you continue to play youth baseball and, and you start to get into college you know a lot of you guys may end up in a, in a community college which is where I played my first two years same with John I then went up went up to play at West Virginia John went to Auburn but I was always of the mindset that I had to go in ready to make the team because even if I hit listen I hit like over 400, 400 and something high school, and there's a lot of kids that do that. They hit really well in high school, they're their best players in high school, but then you get to college and that team is made up of all of the best players from all the different high schools in the county, the state. So now you're not as big of a fish as you thought you were. So the bottom line is always be ready to make the team. Not just make it, stand out. You know, Give the coaches a reason to, to, to keep an eye on you. 
And believe it or not, running is a part of the game. I know that, listen, I still hate it. Uh, you know, I was always good on, on, a, on the 60-yard dash, but if you put me to endurance or if you had me run, you know, 12, 24 poles, I just didn't have it. And that's just the way, that, that was just the type of player I was. Uh, but I'll just finish with this is don't show up on the first day as if it is your first day, right? Show up ready, show up two, three weeks in where you can tell your body physically and mentally that you should be there, you belong in that team. You know what's funny, you made me think of when we're talking about running is uh, I talked to one of my friends, major league uh, pitcher, in fact was an all-star one year. I'm not gonna mention his name in here, but uh, he, we were on the phone a couple weeks ago and he was talking about his time spent in Japan and how they their running and their conditioning is and even their bullpens they throw like 300 pitch bullpens um and they're running they think that more is better you know the, the more running you do is better so there definitely is a a i think a, a level of what is best uh, or how much is good um and he was saying that he thinks they they overdo it tremendously as far as sprints versus long distance running goes obviously i'm a big fan of sprints uh, versus long distance, but yeah, it was interesting to hear his perspective on the way Japanese baseball worked and how they they go about their day and their training and their and getting ready for their season. It's totally different from here in the states, which is which is crazy. And you think too at the at the youth level, um, you know these the, the the coaches a lot of the times are um, volunteers, um, so it's kind of hard to have them implement any kind of training for development yep. with these young yep. kids because they're really not certified to to do so. So it's kind of, you kind of draws a line there where you want your kids to be ready, but you also don't want to, you know, overdo it, have kids passing out, yeah. especially in these hot states. And you know what, it happens Scary. too, it happens too that they use the running as a, as a punishment. Right, right. To some, you know, the team not playing well or, or a few guys dropping the ball. Uh, so, so maybe it's time for for these coaches who may not have the experience of a ball player or a former player is to use running not as a punishment but as part of part of your training uh routine right part of the the fundamentals part of the tradition the the getting the team together i know no team loves to run together but i remember growing up and the first thing we did when we got to the field was run one lap and then that got you warmed up that's not the case obviously anymore now that i now that i think about things but uh, don't use it as a punishment, right? Use it as part of your, part of the training programs. It's just as important as a lot of things, uh, especially today. Let's talk about what the heck we're gonna call this podcast. Gazebo? Like what, <laughs> Gazebo Sports? Um, or, or what, what uh, what's a good name for it? Well, I don't know yet. And I think it's something that we're gonna probably have to think about um, both together and separately. I know it's not as important as the stuff that we're going to be talking about on this XYZ podcast, but I think we're going to come up with a with a cool name that that people are going to understand. It's it's a little bit about baseball, but it's also about just life in general. So um, obviously, if you have any suggestions, if you have any comments, any thoughts, hey, we're all ears, right? Yeah. I don't even know how you comment on a podcast. So it doesn't exist. We're yet. learning. Well, right. We don't even know because this is we haven't even established where to post a podcast. We'll probably put little clips of this on YouTube, but and, I don't know where you yeah, even and put if, it. And if you come up with a cool name, don't buy the domain. 
and then we can't yeah. buy it. Actually, we're not posting this till yeah. we come up with a cool Which name. Which means we're not even seeing this. <laughs> yeah, so forget everything we just said uh, and go do some running. <laughs>